Good morning, church. It's so great to have you with us this morning on Good Friday. I love Good Friday. I love hot cross buns. I love chocolate. I love Good Friday. I love Easter. So it's so exciting to have you here with us as we celebrate Easter, as we remember the crucifixion. Hey, I get the privilege this morning of sharing with you around uh, the themes of Easter. And this is actually the first Easter that I get to preach at church. So I'm a bit excited and I'm also a bit nervous because it's such a, um, a special time in the church calendar. As I said, I love hot cross buns, so that makes Easter a great time. I love chocolate. My birthday is also in April on Tuesday, if you were wondering. And I love, uh, I just love this time of year. It's just such a good time of year, but obviously... Um, It is not a good time of year because of the chocolate or my birthday. It's a good time of year because because we celebrate Christmas, because we remember the crucifixion and we celebrate the resurrection. And so I'm so excited to get to share around what is my favourite time in the church calendar. In each of the Gospels, we find the crucifixion recorded. And I was... As I was preparing and reading, I was sort of looking into into the crucifixion uh, and and all that happened in the Holy Week and the lead up to that and and the resurrection. And something that struck me was that that we see uh, the crucifixion and we see the burial of Jesus and then in each of the Gospels, straight away, we see the resurrection. So we see this journey of Jesus to the cross, his death, his burial, and then the resurrection. And it got me thinking about what happened in the in-between. What happened in the in-between? What were the disciples thinking in that time in-between? What was going on between uh, the death of Jesus and his resurrection for his people? And I was thinking of what I would say, if I could, to encourage the disciples in this time. Because I think we we find ourselves right now in a season of in-between, And so as I I thought about what I would say to the disciples in this time, it encouraged my own heart. And and I hope this morning as I share a couple of quick encouragements and a challenge that you will be encouraged also. So if you're the kind of person who likes to title your message, this morning's message could be titled The In-Between. The In-Between. So as I was thinking about this time between uh, Jesus' death and his resurrection, it got me thinking about other in-between times that we read about in the Bible. So I have a little list of some here. Obviously, uh, between the the death and resurrection, there was three days. But in the Bible, we we see stories where uh, the in-between time was long, was really long. So, uh, for example, the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt for 40 years and then... They came out of Egypt into the desert for another 40 years. And so what an in-between time that was, in between God promising them that they would go into the promised land and receiving that promise, 40 years they waited. We also find uh, the fall of the wall of Jericho. Obviously, you all know if you were at church uh, the the last time I preached, this is one of my favourite stories. There's so much goodness in there. But we see seven days of in-between time from when the angel comes and speaks to Joshua and when we actually see God make faithful on his promise. Seven days of in-between We see the life of Joseph, who, when he is uh, 17, says to his brothers, hey, uh, you are going to bow to me and I'm going to be in charge of all of Egypt. 
And finally, 13 years later, he finds himself in charge of all of Egypt. And, and actually, it's 22 years from when he told his brothers what would happen, that they would bow to him, to when it actually happens. 22 years of in-between time. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Abraham was promised to be the father of many nations, and he waited 25 years to have a son. The resurrection of Lazarus, another one of my favourites, Lazarus was dead for four days before Jesus got there. So imagine the grief that Mary and Martha were feeling in the in-between before Jesus arrived and raised him from the dead. This is the best one. This is such a good one. Noah's Ark. From when God told Noah that it would flood to when the rain came, it was a 120 years of in-between time. Imagine the faith it would have taken for Noah to stay faithful and to believe the promises of God in that in-between time. I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like we're sort of facing a a bit of an in-between time. There's so much good stuff that can come out of this season we find ourselves in, but also I know many of us are yearning for it to be over. And so I just want to bring some encouragement to us this morning that God is at work in the in-between time. Turn with me, if you want to, to in your Bibles, to your Bibles, to Philippians 4, uh, so chapter 4, verse 4 to 7, and we're going to read together. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I don't know about you, but I have been reading that scripture a lot recently. It's a great encouragement to us at any time, but particularly in the waiting, in this in-between time. I know in my life, when I have uh, felt distant or absent, that God is distant or absent Often I have withdrawn from him, but the encouragement here and what we should actually be doing in those times is seeking him more than ever. There's a scripture in Daniel that says, um, it's in Daniel 9, and it it talks about that as soon as you began to pray, I began to work, even though you didn't see it. And I think we're really in a season of that now where we should be seeking God and bringing our requests and our, our burdens to him in prayer, knowing that as soon as he hears our prayers, he begins to work, even if we don't see it right away. Prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. So let us be people who pray. Because verse 7 then says, if you know it well, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I could definitely use some peace from God in this season. There's another great scripture in Romans 8. Romans 8.26 says this, The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we, do know, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows that this, what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. It's okay if you don't know what to pray in this in-between season. God knows our hearts, so just bringing it to him is enough and allowing the Spirit of God to work in us. Because in verse 28 it says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The encouragement, the first encouragement is this. God is at work in this season. 
In this season of in-between, let us be people who pray, who seek God and bring our concerns to him. So seek God in this season of in-between. The second idea is this, to trust God in the in-between. We're going to read uh, from James. James chapter 1, verse 1 to 15 says this. This letter is from James. I want to read this part because often um, the address at the beginning, you sort of skip. I don't know about you, but when I'm like, oh, the letter's from Paul, whatever, genealogy, whatever. But he just does something that really um, just captured my heart this week. Let me, I'm, I'm going to read it. Uh, this letter is from James, a slave of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. I don't know about you, but that just settled in my heart this week. Scattered abroad. I know we're not scattered abroad, but... We do feel a bit scattered. We aren't gathering together physically, but I've just had this picture in my mind of the praise of God pouring out of the homes of his people all over town, that we are scattered throughout Sale, declaring the goodness of God this Good Friday. And I just encouraged my heart. Homes all across Australia, homes all across Australia, declaring the goodness of God this morning, scattered abroad. Verse 2, dear brothers and sisters, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. I don't know about you, but the idea of growing always sounds like a good thing. But for whatever reason, seasons of trouble and trial often uh, seem to be places where we grow the best or uh, that God uses to grow us the best. I was having a conversation on Wednesday morning on Zoom with some great young women in our church about this idea uh, that it is often we we bring our prayers to God and, uh, and we ask him for things and we seek him and then for whatever reason, uh, he uses the tough seasons and the tough things. He, he answers our prayer in a way that we didn't expect and, and, and causes us to grow through difficult times. And why is it that way, we wondered as we chatted. I don't know that we had a great answer, but it was a great conversation with the girls on Wednesday. But it is this way. God often uses difficult situations, difficult in-between times to shape us and our character Verse 3 says this, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Let these challenges grow us in the in-between time. This idea sort of got me thinking about another, uh, a couple of other cool young people in our church, Lucas and Brock great young young men that I know and they have uh, t-shirts that I wish that I had uh, that they bought at a youth event that I didn't get to I went to and I didn't buy the shirt and I've always regretted it but the boys they have a shirt and it says on it uh, planted not buried planted not buried so I, I, I just want to encourage you with that idea this morning that when you feel buried consider it pure joy because actually you are planted And when you are planted, we must trust that there are better days coming. When we are planted, we know that there are things to learn in the now, but God is going to cause growth in the perfect time. Trust that in this in-between time, God knows the right time. 
and that while this is going on, he's developing us and shaping us and building our character. That is an encouragement for us to trust God in the in-between, to seek him purposefully in prayer in the in-between and to trust him in the in-between that he is transforming us to be more like his son Jesus. And then the challenge this morning, the challenge this morning is this, allow God to use you in the in-between. I've got a little scripture to encourage us in this idea this morning. It's from Exodus 4 verse 2 and it says this, and then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? So if you if you know well, this is Moses. I should have clarified that to begin with. This is Moses at the burning bush and Jesus uh, and uh, God is speaking to him at the burning bush and Moses is saying to God like I'm not the right person to do what you're asking me to do. It's just it's not me. And and the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. So Moses jumped back and then the Lord told him, reach out and grab the tail. So Moses reached out and he grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. This idea of using what you have in your hands is really clearly depicted here, but it's not the only time that this idea comes up in Scripture. In fact, it comes up a few times. I've just pulled a couple of examples here for you. The first one is this, um, the boats and the fishermen. When Jesus comes to preach, he uses the boats of the fishermen. He stands on the boat and he preaches the good news. He uses what they have to uh, spread a message of hope. Uh, The home of Rahab. We know that I love her. I preached about her really recently. All she had was a home, not much else. And her home was used for for sheltering the spies, just the little things she had, the scarlet rope that she had hung out the window. She didn't have much that was special, but what she did have, God used. The slingshot that David carried to kill Goliath. Well, he didn't kill Goliath, to take down Goliath before he killed him. Just what he had in his hands, just just what David had. Samson picked up a donkey bone and God used that. God used that and Samson was able to take down a thousand men with the, with the, uh, the jaw of a donkey bone. <laughs> so many examples in scripture of God just using what, what people have in their hands. And now you may not know all these stories or you, you might have been around church a long time you may know them all or, or maybe it's your first time tuning into church this morning but let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you know the story and what I just want you to hear is the point. You don't have to have anything special to be used by God. So the challenge this morning is this, what can you contribute? What can you contribute? I don't know about you, I don't have any more free time in this season of lockdown and, and I don't have any more emotional energy in this season of lockdown. I don't, I don't feel like I have more to give in this season of lockdown, but I just have what I've always had. And so as we surrender that to God and allow him to use that for his glory and for our good, for us to be a beacon of, of hope in our community, not fear. For us to declare unconditional love rather than suspicion and mistrust. For, for followers of Jesus to be carriers of peace, not of anxiety. The challenge is not to muster up some kind of emotional energy that we don't have, nor is it to find more time in your day. If you have children, you certainly do not have more time in your day. You have much less time in your day. <laughs> But that's not what is being asked of us. 
The challenge is allowing God to use what we already have. To seek God in this season, to trust him in this season and to allow him to to use us in this season. Because this season will end. God will be glorified. Because the Israelites made it to the promised land. The walls of Jericho did come down. Joseph saved Egypt. Abraham became the father of many, many nations. Lazarus rose after four days and the flood came and Jesus rose. Sunday is coming. We know that Sunday is coming. The victory is already ours in Jesus' name. The victory is already ours. We are planted in this season, not buried. God is not done with his people. And when this is over, my prayer is that we will be found as God's people at, his, at the feet of our Saviour who died to set us free. In the space of in-between, let us allow God to work in us in ways that he never has before. For his glory, but also for our good. I'm going to pray for you this morning, church. Lord, we thank you that you are a good God who sent your son to die for us. God, we thank you that you do not abandon us in the in-between. God, that you are with us. And when we begin to pray, you begin to move. God, help us to trust you more and trust that you are at work. And God, challenge us. Show us what we have that we could use to declare love and hope and peace to our community in this uncertain time. Because God, we know the victory is ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this morning. It's been so great to have you here. If you've got some hot cross buns at your house, pop them in the toaster and have a nice hot cross bun breakfast now. Uh, We love you guys heaps and we hope we'll see you again on Sunday at 10am.